Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I'm at the beginning of my journey outside of academia through starting my own scientific editorial service. I'm Ian, and I'm in the process of leaving academia, aiming for a career in science communication or editing. And I'm Dr. PMS. I've left academia about one year ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hi, and welcome to The Recovering Academic. So I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Clayday and Ian, and we're talking today about focus and productivity when you're in the process of transitioning or immediately after transitioning. So when you're transitioning out of academia, you tend to have to take on a lot of extra stuff. Um, You're either doing informational interviews or perhaps doing a little bit of volunteer work or side work on the or some work on the side and it can be difficult to stay focused and productive so that's what we're going to talk about today so i think ian you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about with this yeah sure i can start with talking about this um so i I was talking to my had a meeting with my career coach last night and you know i had the analogy of the transition process that it felt like it was trying to cross the Berlin Wall when it was up, um, and you know, out, out of East Germany into West Germany. <laughs> I don't think there were that. Yeah, I don't think there were that many people going the other way. Um, anyhow, but yeah, so like the, just the fact that I had that analogy was, you know, it just, and it's. I think it comes up as a that way because you know it feels a lot lately. Like, what is it that I have to do to get hired? a new like to get hired yeah. um someplace like you know like i've started my science blog i try to write as much as i can in that i've guest written for various places i've gotten involved with my scientific society mm-hmm. um i've done a lot of information interviews i've done you know i do the diversity journal club i do oh what else like you know i've traveled to two conferences that are sort of in the field that i would like to be in like the science writers and then SciComCamp camp this last weekend and I am sort of feeling like at the end of my rope and I'm exhausted and I still feel like I'm way behind in transitioning and like I need to keep, you know, like I need to be up to date in my digital profiles and I'm not and I'm barely having time to clean or exercise or do these other things that are also important to living. Right. Let alone my day job as a postdoc. And the other frustration with being a postdoc or being a scientist of any kind is sort of like a, there's like this, like it's sort of a Zeno's paradox, I guess, like the. Because, like, the project conceivably never has to stop, right? right? Like, you can be taken over by somebody else or, like, you know, but, like, it's it's hard to know exactly when the sunset moments are or when, like, Zeno's Paradox, like, essentially is, like, how does an infinite series end? It doesn't. Um, so it's hard to say yeah. no, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know, because so the year before I transitioned out, I spent um, that time working full-time as a postdoc and then working 15 to 20 hours a week at Bite Size Bio doing mm-hmm. editing work for them and you know managing their editors and their other staff and stuff. And it felt like I needed to do more than that because I was wanting to make the jump to full-time editing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I've done been doing that too. I've been editing. Yes. Like I, I am a part-time editor at Bite Size. I am a 
part-time editor at the plant editors. I just got named an associate editor at the post docket. Sorry, I shouldn't be bragging like this, but no, that's awesome. anyway, like it's I've been good. doing all these things, right? Like, I mean, leaning forward and like, you know, like, yes. And like, again, here's the other thing. Like I find it fun to do. And like, I mean, again, like I have worries about like, wait, am I just being a total imposter with my voice and my blog? And like, am I doing anything real to impact the world? I don't know, but so far I enjoy it. And like the editing work seems to be going okay. At least, mm -hmm. you know, like I can, I can edit things to sound better than they were before. So, and if that's the goal, then I'm accomplishing that. Yeah, I guess that uh, whenever you are in this transition period, it's tough to, one, uh, manage your time and see, uh, because you still have to do things for your postdoc or whatever thing in academia. You always have, right. like less experiments that need to be done and that last paper that you want to publish. Yes. So then you want to do the last experiments before leaving. And at the same time, you need to invest in your career and um, do all apply for jobs, write cover letters or even look for jobs. For me, it was a lot of time to look for jobs. And yeah, I guess that it's right. with me, it was also like that. I always felt like um, I should be doing more. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, and I wanted to ask you guys if you do have any sort of um, plan or technique, but I am a I'm a planner. I'm an Excel and calendar <laughs> type of too. girl. So usually what I do, I have a big calendar and I kind of like to uh, plan the big chunks of time. So mm -hmm. what I used to do, it was like, okay, so I will do uh, postdoc work uh, during the morning and then I will do uh, job hunting and all those things during the afternoon. And if, I don't know, in general and then there were days that I had experiments or have things to do so but usually I, I was trying to keep it like um, either morning or afternoon one of those for one and the other and and then of course at night I will come back home and, and I will do a little bit more work on my um, outside and that was kept me a little bit more sane because it, before I had that, I was kind of doing whatever, whenever. And, mm -hmm. and I saw that that was, you cannot focus on anything if you're just like trying to do everything at the same time. Right. And right, exactly. I, I mean, and that's like, I think that's part of my problem too, is just, I, I mean, I feel like I have to put in the full-time day as a postdoc, but um then I'm doing everything else like outside of those hours. And like, I take my weekends to do writing and like evenings to do editing. And, you know, it's all, mm -hmm. it's all after hours. And it, it's, I mean, I'm finding that like, you know, like 2016 has been a year when I've pushed myself, like no other, like I've met so many new people. Like I have, I don't know how many I can stay in touch with. I seem to forget them. I feel horrible that I forgot someone I met's name just this last weekend when I was saying goodbye to him at the airport, I called him the wrong name. Like I called him <laughs> my roommate, like I, my, my roommate's name was, you know, also started with the same letter and it was also four letters and th I got, I was tired and got confused. So anyway, I feel that bad happens. about that um, It happens. Anyway. I'm, I'm bad with names. Yeah. Me so, too. Anyway, like, you know, it's been interesting and, you know, but like at the same time, it's frustrating because like, 
again, like the Berlin Wall analogy, I don't want to get trapped in the fencing and the machine guns and the landmines. And that's sort of where it feels like I am, where like maybe I can stand here for a while, but it also feels like I'm stuck and like, you know, I'm not, I've plateaued or something. Anyway, maybe this is a bad analogy, but yeah. it's, again, literally what I came was like, yeah, like I'm basically trying to cross the Berlin Wall when it was up. And it's gotten very frustrating. And like, I don't know how much focus is going to help. Like trying to stay productive is sort of helpful. But then it's always the question of like, what counts as a step forward? And it's hard for me to make that decision and know. Yeah, for me, what I ended up having to do to stay productive and focused was that I only put in the eight hours a day mm -hmm. that I needed to put in at my postdoc, and that was it. So if experiments or whatever I was doing wasn't done by five o'clock, because that's when I needed to leave to go pick up my kids, like, then it was done. Like, it wasn't, if it wasn't going to be able to get started, it wasn't done. Um, and then I tried to, and then I kept everything else to mornings and evenings after, um, before and after work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I managed some of that. And then trying to figure out like the way forward. I had a really hard time with this because it always felt like you were saying with um, like your analogy was like the Berlin Wall. For me, it always felt like it was um, the high jump. So like the bar kept getting higher and higher for me to get over because for me, I knew that I wanted to go out editing mm -hmm. and writing full time. And there were certain, like I needed to be able to make enough money to, you know, help support my family and mm -hmm. all that. But I was never going to be able to make the same amount of money I was making full time as a postdoc or more while I was still working full time as a postdoc, if that makes sense. Right. Because yes. <laughs> Because it will always be a part-time job, a side job. Right. Right. So, like, having that, like, I only had so many hours a week, and I couldn't work two full-time jobs right. just out of obligations and stuff. So, you, at some point, you had to make a decision, like, okay, now I think that it's time that I have enough experience, and, and I right. can just quit my full-time job to get to turn this one into a full-time job, right? Right. And I, yes. And I had a hard time with figuring out, like, if we were talking a little bit before we started recording about having enough experience mm -hmm. to go out and do something. Mm -hmm. I felt like I just didn't have enough experience, like, enough experience. I'd be like, well, you know, after I've edited, like, X number of grants or after I've spent this amount of time working on this, then I can go out and do this full-time. So, yeah, it was just hard for me to make that cut off. Yeah. Or, I mean, I suppose the other analogy could be, I mean, it's not exact. And none of these analogies are exact, of course, but, you know, it's... Right. Because the other thing we're sort of talking about is, you know, like, I mean, we're trying to be airplanes that take off, right? And, like, you know, mm -hmm. get to our new destination. Um, and, like, you know, like, this transition process is also feeling a little bit maybe like being stuck at the busy airport with the huge line yes. of airplanes that just doesn't get out of the way and never seems to end um and just you know it's like oh yeah you're cleared for takeoff well not for a while like, you know and it's hard to know when you will be mm -hmm. and if you're ever done enough or if you've if there's a way to jump the line because like in career things are really not a such thing as like taking turns 
Like, you know, it's not in necessarily an orderly system like, in theory, airports are, I hope. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it may be slow, but at least there's a system and an order. Uh, yes. So, yes. Yeah. It, so, like, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. And because, like, you know, we're all trying to take off. Like, your high jump thing brought up this thing like that I think of, like, because, like, one of my weird, like, Zen hobbies is taking pictures of clouds. Just, you know. Oh, I actually took a picture of a cloud today and, and thought about you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And it's just like a couple of friends of mine and I do this. And um, it's like my moment of meditation during the day. And just like my thought is always just like, yeah, I want to be up there. Like I want to be flying and not feeling like I'm just sort of like scraping along the bottom. Like earthbound. <sighs> right. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's a reason people dream of flying or dreamt of flying before they could. So, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry, just held up a picture our, uh, of the notes. cloud. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, that's a good picture for the show notes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I actually thought about that. Look at the sunset. And um, I was like, maybe we can use it for our podcast. And I was going to post it on yeah, yeah. Twitter and I totally forgot. Yep. Anyway, so, sorry for the focus. disturbance. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But like speaking of like focus, like, and I like your airport analogy because I feel like like when I was in the process of transitioning, like figuring out those next steps, like it felt like I wanted it to be a linear process. Like you do this, this, and this, and then you'll be able to take off from the airport. Like you wait your turn or you go through the flight check or whatever, and you'll be able to take off. Yeah. But figuring out which steps to do that would make the difference. Yeah. And, and there it's not. Right, and it feels like you're always stuck in maintenance. <laughs> Yes. Like, you know, you're always like, something's always breaking, and you're like, oh, no, that's not good enough to take off. The and thing fly. is that we never know. Which, right. I, I mean, again, to be clear with like airplanes, it's good that they have high safety standards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And like, it's good to have high standards for yourself, too, I suppose. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, but like, at the same time, it can be very paralyzing and crushing if you take that too far. Yeah, but I don't think that we need to have this high standards because I mean, yeah, I understand in the airport analogy that you have a lot of people there and they're going to die, but I mean, <laughs> we are PhDs and as we talked in other episodes, we uh have a lot of experience maybe not regarding that specific thing, but um we have a lot of experience uh in learning and in getting things mm-hmm. and in time management and all those things. So uh, I don't think that Creativity. we will ever be totally ready yes. for a total different position, even if um, we practice a lot, because there are things that you need to learn as you go. And and then mm-hmm. you can do kind of like practice doing this, practicing that. But there are things that will just happen whenever you you are out there and you mm-hmm. put yourself out there. And and it's I think that that's one of the tough parts is like to know. Right. I don't to feel that you're confident enough to go there and just do it. Yes. Right. And to be fair, like airplanes you know, modern airplanes are actually more robust than you might give them credit for. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not joking I about hope. it. I mean, like, yeah, you know, I know, right? Like, I mean, it's not ideal, but like a plane can stay aloft even if an engine falls off, right? Like it's, you know, there's crazy things like that where you're like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. But, you know, they've designed it to be like, you know, I mean, you know, like the wings can bend a crazy, crazy amount, like, and the plane still stay, will stay in the air. Like, I mean, it's, 
I mean, the way they designed them is nuts. Yeah, for our listeners yeah. who cannot see my face, I had a look of utter terror on my face with the idea of the wings well, bending. Right, but they do. They're flexible. Like, it, I mean... I think that I wish that I, you didn't tell and they're, us and they're, that, and they are yeah, that I know, way. right? <laughs> but they're that way so they don't fall off, right? In, like, a huge heavy weather or something like that, or a huge bit of turbulence or a storm. Like, they build them so that they can withstand that stuff, and part of that is being flexible. Like, again, like, this is... I mean, again, it's not ideal, but, like, you know, like, airplanes aren't perfect either, and... It's the safest way to travel that we have, right? Like by far and away. So yeah, they say yeah. it's safer than. Uh, so it's safer than. Uh, so yeah, again, yeah. like even like I mean, airplanes right. aren't. You know, like if you want to be super one hundred percent certain that they're not going to crash, well, that's never going to be possible. But they've designed them such that they are a robust system for travel and conveying people long distances. Well then this might actually be a fairly good analogy for us. Like, it's kind of dawning on me now that, um, like, it's very robust. There's lots of things that can go wrong before you completely crash. That could work out pretty well for us in thinking about careers and, you know, trying to cross the Berlin Wall. Like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong before our careers completely crash. Right. There's a lot of tolerance built into them. Yeah, so just think yourself as an airplane and just... Throw yourself out there because your wings are going to bend and no matter how bad <laughs> weather, you're just going to stay there and you're just going to keep flying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like we should, I, I feel like we should all go like watch Apollo 13 after we're done with this because, I mean, again, like, I mean, if you talk about like, like, you know, NASA and launching space shuttles and stuff, like they are a perfectionist and they try to have as high standards and be as safe as possible. But, you know, like, things go wrong and they have redundancies and contingencies that work, mm -hmm. you know, more often than not, like as hard as like space is not easy and, you know, they make it look as easy as it can be. And like, you know, Apollo 13 is the er example. Cause like, you know, like people trapped in a little tin can that had to go around the moon to come back home with a huge malfunction. And they all had to like work together to like fix it. Like, and those people survived by the way, like it's a real story, you know, like, you know, it's, it's hard to remember that humans are resilient creatures and like that we're not, you know, the world's not going to end if, you know, we're not fully prepared for every single little contingency, like, you know, or you haven't fully built up this one part of your skill set, you know, like, I mean, again, like, it's just because like, you know, again, like, you know, I mean, I just edited the thing for our, this Anya story for recovering academic, like, mm -hmm. I just did that and it was not too big of a deal like i was just oh yeah that's no sweat oh, and it was a great post yeah i mean i didn't really change her text very much it just was like you know paragraphing basically i was like oh no <laughs> big blocks of text yeah. bad um so yeah so like you know it's just like oh yeah just you know that's this is what works and there you go like you know it's i think it sounds good and it looks good and i'm fine with that um anyway so like you know like is it perfect no but guess what it's good enough for what we needed to have up there. I think that um, whenever I started, I have an analogy as well. Uh, not right an analogy, but whatever. Whenever I started uh, running, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was running like three miles, four miles, and 
I always kind of wanted to, it got to the point that I was comfortable running and I stopped just because I was done, but not because I was tired or because I wanted to run, to stop running. Um, so then I started like running more and more, but as some, there was one day that I was like, oh, I wonder if I can run like 10 miles. And, and whenever I was thinking about the distance, it didn't, it was okay. I didn't think too much but then the time that it would take me to run 10 miles that will be like almost two hours the thought of like being running for two hours that was terrifying to me you know right. and and it took me I knew that physically I was able to do but my mental status was kind of like oh I don't know if I can be running and 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 I hear that from a lot of people that like running half marathons or marathon, it's a lot of like psychological. Mm -hmm. You need to own your own mind and kind of say like constantly keep saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And and then your body goes there and just do it. So I think that whatever we're coming back to our us, I think that that's kind of the, the thing you, even though. You're ready. I, I mean, I know that you're ready, Ian. You are ready to be yes. there, to go out there. And you just have to find that strength and inner strength to say, okay, I'm ready. I can do that. Let's do that. Boom. Right. I mean, and, you know, I mean, you build things over time. Like, if you've noticed, I think, anyway, I hope that I have a lot fewer ums and verbal ticks as I'm doing this podcast. And I think all of us yes, do. Yes, yes. So mm -hmm. we're learning, right? I hope so. <laughs> you know, we're right. learning how this works. And, you know, learning, I hope, to be entertaining audio or quality audio, I guess. You know, I, our goal is not to be entertaining. It's to be more informative, yes. Um, hopefully yeah. both, but well, at the same time. Entertaining and informative. Right. Yeah. And helpful. And helpful. Yes. Right. That's... So speaking of helpful, like, so Clady, when you were transitioning out, is you were mentioning like you kind of scheduled your day to where you spent like the morning doing science and the afternoon doing, um, like, depending on the, your day, but like the afternoon doing like job stuff and things like that. Were there anything else that helped you with like being productive or staying focused or like figuring out what to do, like how to focus on what your next step would be? Uh... I don't know. That was a. Uh, I guess that I was uh, at that moment. Uh, I was not being paid anymore, so mm -hmm. uh, actually, I didn't have my my. I I could do like just mornings because right. I was literally working just to have my stuff done, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't want to leave things behind, um, and then. I think that um, I was trying to look for jobs and apply for jobs in because I was applying for jobs in different kinds. Mm -hmm. So I was not like just applying for uh, this type of job or this type of job. I was applying for a lot of several types of jobs because I wasn't really sure what I wanted. So I was trying to f get all the similar job applications together oh, that's and idea. apply to them um, all of them at once. So if I had like a sales um, position that I was applying, I will apply for several during that 
period. And it helped that um, after applying for a lot of jobs, I had several uh, resumes, like this type of resume, this type of resume. So then you just have to make a few changes on each one. So mm-hmm. that, that was something that I think that it helped me focus a little bit. But also, um, sometimes it's uh, you try, but it's not how it works in real life, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I spent a lot of time with, um, I like the idea of batching everything together. I spent a lot of time with to-do lists mm-hmm. because I am... Like you, like you, I'm a planner. I like to have things kind of laid out. Um, even during when I was in grad school, I made a list of all the experiments I would have to do to complete the projects that I was on, like that I was doing, or at least bring them close enough to completion. Um, I went in for a um, talk with my advisor when I was, I guess, like third or fourth year. And, you know, he told me that he wanted to talk with me about, like, what I need to do to graduate. And I brought in this printout that had all the experiments and, like, what I had done. And he was just like, oh, you know. Like, he's like, wow, I never I never did this when I was in grad school. <laughs> yeah. So when I was, and I, I mean, now also when I'm working. But when I was transitioning, I spent, I had lists for, like, the work I was doing with Bite Size, the work I was doing with my postdoc, and then a list of things that I thought would get me closer to being able to quit my postdoc. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I tried to prioritize those. So I had an idea of what I should be working on next. You make me feel normal. Oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Excel freak. I love oh, yeah. spreadsheets. I have spreadsheets for everything. I like being yeah. able to <laughs> Sorry, Ian. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I mean, I, I need more spreadsheets. I'm trying to do a bullet journal system now, so that I kind of like, and hopefully it sticks. Because, like, I don't know, for me, it, it, a lot of the focus issue is just, I, I mean, I can chunk my time all I want, but it's it's super easy to break that contract with myself that I've scheduled this time. Yes. And, like, a lot of times, like, you know, we should talk about things that are distracting. Like, there are things like social media and you know, as good as as much as I use social media to like network and stuff, like you know, like I try to like I've sort of avoided interacting on Twitter, like going to my Twitter feed and like replying to other people lately, just because um, I don't want to get super. Then distracted. you might end up in a conversation, and then you will be trapped there for half an hour. Yes. Right. And like honestly, like I've been contemplating like just you know getting rid of my Facebook account for a while, um, or sunsetting it for a while. Just because I actually downloaded an app that would block me from using Twitter or Facebook or going to the New York Times and everything because of that reason. Yep. No, it's a good idea. I mean, I guess the other distracting thing is I have a cat, which, you know, I mean, I imagine it's worse with kids in some ways, but. uh... Well, there was this guy that it was in the, I think that it was in the West Coast that he hired that lady to slap him. Oh, yeah. He was, remember that? No, I don't remember (laughs) that. What? Yeah, there's, yeah there's we can put that on the show notes. There was yeah. this guy. He put it. Uh, he put. He put it on Craigslist. Yeah. It was so he hired that lady that will sit down with him, and he was in the computer, and she was next to him. And every time that he will like go on Twitter or like get or out Facebook of focus, stuff, he yeah. was. La- she was slapped him, and then he did a graph of his productivity yes. and it worked That's awesome <laughs> i love it so you know Ian, if you want i can hire someone can, to slap me we can go there <laughs> yeah yes I'm, I'm afraid that if i did try to hire somebody to slap me i think they might do it for free right 
Yeah, I, that's what I would be afraid of too. I mean, yeah, yeah, but of course, I don't. I don't know how many of us have friends who are willing to sit there for hours while just watching us work while you know and slapping us when we get out of line for a second. <laughs> well, she she had a computer with her. She was doing yeah. other stuff. Oh, so you know what? I think I I think yeah, I remember this. She was not this. just there. I, okay, I remember. Yeah, like she would do other things, but she would just watch. Right, it. right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I actually remember yes. this. Yeah, now. it was a couple—I yeah. don't know—last year, a couple of years ago. Oh, it was so funny. That's awesome. But what about Pomodoro? Hmm? Yeah, Pomodoro—that's what I've been doing that mm-hmm. too. Yeah, po- I, I actually do that too. I, I've started trying that a little bit. I, again, I'm not very consistent with it lately, but it's—it does actually seem to work pretty well. So for. And like, for our listeners who don't know what the Pomodoro is, it's you work for a set period of time, generally 25 minutes. 25. And then at the end of that 25 minutes, you take a break for five minutes. And then you go back and you work again for 25 minutes. And the idea is is that you work steady for those 25 minutes. And if something else comes up, then maybe you write it down on a list on a piece of paper next to you, but you don't break focus for those 25 minutes. And then when you when you're done with that 25 minutes, even if you feel like going on, you stop and you take a break. Yeah, for me, it it, it used to be um, helpful to do that. And I could do like two, three at a time. And then usually I would take a longer break after that. Yeah, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Yeah. I mean, going back to the idea of, you know, human resilience and not and preparing and doing as much as you can to get ready. But this also comes back to the Shawshank redemption analogy where, you know, like, yeah, you're just, you know, you do your work to break out of prison for 20 years. And then, you know, you don't quite know exactly what you're going to face outside, but you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the idea. Anyway, like trying to be Andy Dufresne and red, I guess, you know, baked it to Zay Watanejo <laughs> um, on the Pacific coast <laughs> where I just was last weekend. And it was gorgeous. Me too. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, I, anyway, yeah, so there's another resilience slash, you know, do things sort of before you're ready. Yes. Um, or if, even if you don't think you're ready, you can handle the situation. Basically. Yeah, my point is that I don't think that you will ever think that you're ready. Even when you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, when you're a PhD student right. and then you're going to defend your thesis and everybody freaks out and you've been okay. working for that with that for like, what, five, six, seven years of your life and probably you're way more than ready and and you freak out and you think that you're not. So I think that it's kind of like, yeah. I don't know, I'm not a mom, but... Uh, Everybody that have kids, they say like, you you're never ready to have kids, oh, yeah, and there is ready. no manual for that, and you right. just learn as you go. So I think that uh, yep. in a, this in our case is also like that. No matter how much you read about it, no matter how much you practice, um, you're never going to be ready, totally ready. You well, you're never going to feel ready about that, and then you're just going right. to keep learning as you go and so just keep going right i mean i think there's something yeah right exactly and i think there's something to the fact that like as phds maybe like i mean we do have like high standards and postdocs we have high standards and whatever we go on to do as professional work we want to be more than just a warm body that fills the job Mm -hmm. um 
and like sort of this is where I, I mean I get hung up a little bit sometimes where it's like well okay yes I could do that job I don't know that I would be great but I you know or above like just a warm body filling in the space but yes I could do that for you a lot of us want to be more than that um I, I feel right. anyway that's sort of like that may be a particular thing to me but no I have it's sort of like the thoughts I have sometimes I have that same feeling but I found that outside of academia people don't expect you to know all the answers yes like you go and you kind of it's acceptable to learn as you go like they expect you to come in with a skill set that you can bring to the position but they're more than happy to help show you the ropes and for you to grow as an employee or in that job position and and that's something that i think us as um academics we have we have that sort of internal drive to become um more than just a warm body we always want to be perfect right (laughs) we always want to be perfect and be without any or i mean we want to find the best solution to the problem right i mean whatever that is like you know like i mean and it can be something like very low tech and simple or it can be like the most complicated like no no no, you have to like bubble like you know whatever like you know billion airplanes say like you know like wow Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's complicated um but yeah, we have to, like, I mean, we're, yeah, we're tinkerers in that sense, right? It's, you know, like, yes, we want to solve your problem. And, like, even to the point of if we feel like we're not the person to solve that problem, we will say so. Right, and we'll figure out who is right. and get to the point where we can. Right, exactly, and consult with the experts. Because, like, I mean, I know, like, another thing, if you, if, like, if you go to work in industry, like, one of the things is, like, of course you have to learn new things, and tons of them, because a lot of the stuff that industry does is proprietary, and you won't know about it right. until you are there and have signed the contract and whatever non-disclosure agreement they require you to sign so you don't, you know, spill the beans about, you know, the secret new polymerase, whatever it is you're working on. Exactly. I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up. I think that we can... Uh go and learn things after you get a position that we have a skill set to do that and that we might be more ready to take that leap than we actually think we are so thank you all for listening yep thank you and we'll see you guys or we'll talk to you guys next time bye bye yeah bye see you next time thanks for listening to the recovering academic podcast Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. You can find us on the web at recoveringacademic.net, where you can contact us and subscribe to our newsletter. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore BMS. And I'm at IH Street. And don't forget, There is sunshine outside the ivory tower.